Welcome, everyone, to our worship service from the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, for this Sunday, February 6, 2022. We're so glad you have decided to join us for worship. While we are experiencing this Omicron variant surge of COVID-19, we have been foregoing worship in person and just providing this live stream service. We're hoping to start regathering in person next Sunday. So stay posted for announcements concerning it. And remember that you'll want to sign up, you'll need to wear a mask, and we are hoping to be able to keep people socially distanced for their health. We trust God's Spirit will touch and nurture you this Sunday. Be blessed and find ways to celebrate life through worship. A couple quick reminders to bring to your attention. We are on a drive right now to uh, create gift baskets for veterans. Uh, the Friday announcements have a sign-up genius for you to do that, uh, participate in this outreach project. If you prefer to make some monetary donations instead, please send your checks to the church office made out to the church, and then write Summit View Veterans on the memo line. We are still offering the opportunity to uh, have a check sent to the church that we will then send on for Tonga relief. Uh, if that has touched your heart, we know that they are in need of support. Also, upcoming in March will be our crop walk, the walk that we've been doing for decades to help uh, relieve hunger in the area and worldwide. You'll know that the walk will be going on again this year, and you'll want to participate. So stay alert to the announcements. And the flowers on the altar this morning are through the, uh, the gifts of Karee Jackson Lewis and her family in honor of Black History Month. Today we continue our new sermon series on the impact of encountering Christ, how that impact has affected a number of noteworthy people, biblical and contemporary, and by implication, how that impact might indeed affect you. So listen up today for that aha, oh wow moment that might be here in this sermon through the Holy Spirit for your attention. Today we look at Zechariah, or Zacchaeus rather, Zacchaeus and Francis Perkins. So let us begin by centering ourselves to participate in worship. Brothers and sisters, let us worship the Lord our God in spirit and in truth. Let us open ourselves to God's special presence that comes to us in this sacred time. Oh. 
send to loosen the bonds of shame and greed. We heed, O God, your summons and answer, here are we. Send us upon your errand, let us your servants be. those words capture your attention and minister to your spirit. Let us pray. Holy God, you have shared yourself with us in so many ways and at so many times. Help us to pay attention, to look and to listen well for your message of new and abundant life. May your light illumine our pathways and help us grow into our best selves, your beloved children. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. morning and welcome to Children's Moment. I am not with you in worship today because I'm taking some time for self-care after all that's happened with our family over the last couple of weeks and I appreciate you and the congregation giving me the time to do that. Today in worship, Pastor Walt's going to talk about a man named Zacchaeus. Do any of you remember Zacchaeus? Maybe you sang about him in your children's choir or at school. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. So he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. He climbed up in that tree because Jesus was coming around and he wanted to see and hear what Jesus was saying and who Jesus was. Maybe you've had an experience similar to that. Maybe when grandma and grandpa or an aunt or uncle comes to visit you and you're at the airport waiting for them to come through security, you look every which way trying to figure out when your loved one is close by so that you can run up and give them a hug. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus with kind of that level of expectation and hope. And Jesus invited him down 
so that they could be in relationship together and that Jesus could teach Zacchaeus all about what it meant to be a person of faith. We have an opportunity today to engage in some of that as well. We get to get closer to God as we participate in Holy Communion. You might see this image over here, over my shoulder here. That's a picture of the Last Supper. It's communion where we are reminded that we are a part of God and God is a part of us and communion draws us closer to God each and every time we participate in it. I hope today as you participate in Holy Communion, you take the opportunity to consider how might I get closer to God and what is God teaching me today? Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. And thank you for all of our yesterdays. Thank you for loving us and getting closer to us. Help us to learn from you. Amen. So, Lord, as we come now in prayer, sharing our joys, our troubles, and our cares, help us all. center ourselves and go to God in prayer. Holy God, hear the stirrings of our spirits, the yearnings of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts as we join with one another in prayer this morning. We begin with confessing that there are times that we have been less than you have wished, saying words or doing deeds that reflect more our fallen nature than our higher one with you. Hear our prayers of confession. May your grace wash us clean and strengthen our resolve to walk better in your love. We ask your help in our lives with the many concerns of each of our days, as well as the ongoing challenges from life in these pandemic times. Guide us as we find our way forward and help us to be our better selves so that we might be a good representation of the power of your love and grace to do good things. 
We pray for those around us who are struggling with physical or mental health issues, with troubled relationships, uncertain employment, or other forms of disease or discomfort. O Lord, hear our prayers. We think specifically of Linda Northrup and her husband Dave, of Kathy Drake and her husband Ken, as they deal with the effects of their cancer treatments and the decisions that they are making to proceed forward. Be with them in all their efforts and their decisions. O Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Pastor Rachel and her family as they manage the the stress of health, being a young family in these challenging COVID times with school and all of that, and the concerns they have for husband Warren as he recovers from his heart attack. We pray that your presence and your strength might steady and might uplift them. O Lord, Hear our prayers. This morning we think of Steve Ames as he undergoes physical therapy to to build his strength and improve his health following his heart attack and the different procedures that are, are needed to address his ongoing problems. And we pray for Carol as she attends to his needs. We also pray for Dave Thomas as he more fully recovers from his recent surgery and and Patricia as she gives loving care. O Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Rosemary Zimmerman who is struggling with mobility issues. We pray that you would be with her. O Lord, hear our prayers. And we think of Russ Stone as he approaches uh, the date of his heart surgery this week, this Wednesday, and for his wife, Barbara, and for the whole family who will rally around him and assist him in his uh, recovery process from it. Undergird Russ and undergird Barb with your uh, strong spirit. O Lord, hear our prayers. We think of all those who are battling COVID. We think of Lucy, the grandmother of Esther Mayer's great-grandchildren. We think of Oliver Laguna, who was hospitalized with COVID. We pray for all of them to be gathered together in your loving care. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And Lord, we think of, of all those folk who are doing their jobs, who are going into work, who are trying their best to be uh, good citizens and good uh, community members helping one another in whatever circumstance it is, whether it's in uh, the, the grocery stores or the pharmacies or in our schools. And, and we're, we're mindful of the stress that they are under. We're, we're thinking about how UCLA, for example, has changed the way it's gonna be doing classes again and the disruption that 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 has brought, though for the health of students and teachers. We think of our growing place, all the the good souls who are there providing nursery care and 
and having to manage when there is a, uh, a case of COVID. We pray for, or an exposure to COVID. We, we pray for uh, all of these dear souls who are seeking to do their best for their family, their loved ones, and their community, and are participating, as others are in our society, to build up the commonwealth. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pause just for a moment this morning to share the joy that we are experiencing that Warren is doing well after his heart attack, that Steve Poteet Marshall, one of my clergy uh, colleagues, is doing well after his heart procedures, and that I am healing well from, from my surgery. We give you thanks for the, the goodness that comes into people's lives through people who have the skills and the compassion to be part of your healing community. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We take a moment now in private to lift up concerns that remain silent on our hearts. Lord God, come into these lives in powerful ways that help these folk to know your support, your nurture, and your healing. We pray for our church as it continues in its ministries through these times. We offer you thank for, thanks for the clergy of this church, for all the lay people that, that step forward to do good in your name. We ask your help in maintaining our effectiveness and our vitality through these challenging times. May the efforts we make and the good that we do be pleasing in your sight. All this we pray in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Be 
If you've been with us over these months, you know that we've been, we've been focusing on setting a course for a better life, uh, trying to claim, identify and claim resources and practices of the faith to help us develop our true spiritual selves in the, in the face of the challenges of these days. We've talked about the stories within the story, of how Jesus' story and his narrative, how Behind those segments of what makes up that story are incredibly fascinating human dramas that can inform us in the drama of, of our life. We've wanted to encourage you to set a positive mindset during this pandemic. What was just a, a couple months in a row have now turned into a couple years, and it's it's been most important for us all to be responsible to ourselves and to one another to try to be our best, to seek even in these circumstances or even more importantly because of these circumstances, our bodily health, our emotional balance, and our spiritual strength. We want to take opportunities as they present themselves to us and as we can create them for ourselves to adapt and to strive forward well. 
So we here in the, in the church think that a key component to all of this is your relationship to Christ Jesus. And so we've been, we've been looking at how a connection to Jesus can have an impact on our lives by looking at the impact that he had on lives that are reported to us in, in our biblical witness and that we learn through history. People's lives have changed radically or in nuanced, important ways because of the impact of Christ in their lives. By letting Jesus' story into our lives, our lives can, can become a different story. God can strengthen and transform us. God can make us new. God can renew us. So during Epiphany, we've, we've looked at a couple uh, pairs of people each of these Sundays. We looked at Paul and Dorothy Day, and we talked about radical conversion and hard stops and decisive turns, how that's possible for all of us and whatever our circumstance might be. We looked at Peter and, and C.S. Lewis, people who regained faith after falling away from their faith. We, we talked about the importance of repentance and forgiveness and redemption for all of us. It's there, possible, for each one of us. And we talked about the Samaritan woman and Nadia Boltz Weber, the importance of what Jesus offers to us as a welcoming invitation of acceptance, to come close and to be welcomed in part of the fellowship, regardless of, of what our story might be, when we've made a decision to link our story with Jesus. Zacchaeus and Francis Perkins are our two characters for today. And we're hoping that through looking at them, we will discern an aha, oh wow, moment for ourselves. Now, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, we're told, a collector of taxes for Rome in Jericho. We're told that he was Jewish. And because of that, he was likened to a pagan. He was hated as a collaborator with the occupying forces. Zacchaeus was also an embezzler of funds that he collected. Now, that's a pretty strong term because in those days, that was a somewhat accepted practice by those who were collecting taxes, that they would take additional monies for themselves. They would keep things for themselves in their own pockets, and, and they would become wealthy that way by exploiting their role to their advantage. A blind eye was turned to these folk by the Roman authorities because this was part of how they were encouraged to work for Rome. So you can see, kind of an unsavory character. 
We're told that he was a small man, so as people gathered to see what was going on with this parade of, of people around Jesus, that, that he was led to climb a tree. So he was an able-bodied man, too. Perhaps he was a go-getter, and that would kind of fit into being a tax collector. He, he seized the moment and tried to get what he wanted. And for some reason, this day, this itinerant rabbi caught his attention. Our scripture reading gives us the story of this encounter with Jesus. Today's scripture is from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Zacchaeus takes initiative to encounter Jesus. And, and that's an important thing to note about his story. I don't know that he knows why he's drawn to Jesus, but he is. And Jesus responds and drives the encounter forward, which is the kind of way God works. He summons Zacchaeus, choosing to eat with him. And Zacchaeus is happy, we're told. He rejoices over this. And immediately, he offers contrition. Hmm. He was aware that he wasn't quite right. The being close to Jesus prompts something. Jesus' attention, just his attention, seems to create the moment for Zacchaeus. And it cuts through his dissembling and his lies to the truth about himself. So he decides, he decides to give half his wealth to the poor. And if he has, well, he has, and to those he has defrauded, he will repay four times full. Jesus wraps up the moment by saying, salvation has come to this house. Indeed, it had. It's a reclaiming of his better self with a new ethical 
standard. It's repentance and it's restitution. And ultimately, it becomes reconciliation. So Jesus, uh, he is so quite right when he says, the Son of Man was sent to seek and save the lost. Indeed. Hmm. Zacchaeus realized his good life wasn't so good. And he resolved to live ethically and to share his abundance. Now, Frances Perkins, if, if you know her at all, you're, you're, you're good at history. You know her as FDR's Secretary of Labor. The first woman to hold a cabinet position, bless her soul, and an effective advocate for the poor and the disadvantaged workers. Now, what you may not know is that she comes from a, a high pedigree of, of New England aristocracy. Is that too strong of a term? It probably is, but she comes from a wealthy merchant family uh, from Boston with Revolutionary War family roots in Maine and a Civil War hero, General Oliver Otis Howard, in the family tree. You'll remind... You're, you, you'll remember that he uh, guided the Freemen's Bureau, and, and I think Howard University is, is named in honor of his work. So she was reared with a sense of history, the weight of history on her shoulders, you might even say, a, a patriotic pride, and a little bit of that privilege that comes with social leadership. Her faith was nurtured in the congregational and then the Episcopal church. She attended Mount Holyoke with family thoughts that she was going to go into teaching or become a religious worker of some kind. And while there, she was exposed to Jacob Rees, his, his work, how, other, how the Other Half Lives, which was an expose kind of book in the field of sociology about the slums of New York. Perkins felt her heart and her soul moved in a, in a different way than it had before going out to the disenfranchised and the poor of society. And she, she kind of dedicated her life to start working in that area. She went off to Chicago and she did some studies. She did some teaching and she, she worked at Chicago Commons and at Hull House. Remember Jane Addams's Hull House? I wonder if she crossed paths with Jane. She went to Wharton at Penn and she went to Columbia studying sociology and economics. You can see she was building her skill set of dealing in this area. 
the New York City Consumer League became a place where she was appointed to work, and then in some other governmental agencies out of Albany. Now, as the story goes, she was having tea. How many of us have tea? So she's out on the gilded life of society in New York City having tea. And around the corner, around the corner a fire breaks out and 47 workers jump to their death. 146 ultimately end up dying in this tragedy that is called the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. And she is moved deeply by that loss. And she is nudged in a powerful way to see if she, yes, she, having tea, she, can do something as grand as affect that kind of tragedy in our cities. And the City and Citizens Committee on Safety was born and her passion was set on fire in new ways. Perkins's faith was, had sensitized her and it now mobilized her in dramatic ways to use her resources, to use her abilities, to use her wealth for the good of those less advantaged in our society. She felt called to this work and stepped forward in response. Biographer Leah Sprague writes, the church and her belief in the need to make the kingdom of God in this world would be a source of strength and commitment throughout her life. And with the help of others in government and a burgeoning labor movement, Perkins affected many individuals to the better and in truth improved our society for all of us. So stepping back and looking at Zacchaeus and looking at Francis Perkins, we notice we notice changes, right? And we might say, in retrospect, we might say that God had an intention for these two lives. Now, in, in my religious fantasy, in my imagination, I, I imagined that Zacchaeus, well, he was saying something like, Is this all there is? As he wore his embroidered robes and feasted on the fatted calf and indulged himself with his wealth. 
I imagine that he's amassed wealth yet feels hollow, that he feels soiled. And he's intrigued by the possibilities, the yearning for something more for himself. He hears of Jesus and new life chances that seem to come through Jesus. And he goes into town and he climbs a tree. Ah. Oh, wow. I imagine Perkins saying, is this all of it for me? She's engaged society with her skills, yet she, she wonders, is this the extent of it? Is this all that I can do? And she's having tea, and around the corner, people are jumping to their death. And it gets her attention. The spirit moves in her life, and she goes, aha. Oh, wow. Both of these characters got clarity that the good life was not found in being wealthy or in being powerful, but rather in using their resources to the fullest for the betterment of others. For Zacchaeus, that required an ethical turnaround and some substantial acts of of restitution. For Perkins, it required a, a renewed investment of herself into what she knew were the goals of God for our society and for everyone's lives. Zacchaeus and, and Perkins found themselves in situations that called forth their best. And with the prompting of the Spirit, they responded, taking their faith and taking their service to new levels. In both, we gain an insight that, that sitting on your abilities or on your wealth for your own purposes or your, your individual well-being is not God's broader intention for you, for any of us. There is more. Aha! Oh, wow. 
We are part of a larger family, and we are to blossom in responsible trusteeship of our resources and of their needs. We see in Zacchaeus and we see in Perkins, what a difference that awareness makes to one's life and the lives of those around you that you touch. You know, God has an intention for you also. Aha. Oh, wow. It may not get you into the American history books, and it may not even get you into the minutes of a church committee meeting, but it will make a world of difference to you and make you a difference to the world. Now, if you were to say in prayer, like we heard in our hymn this morning, here I am, here I am, put me to your purposes. If you were to say that to God in prayer, What do you suppose might happen? Might the heavens break open and the rafters of the church shake? Well, maybe, but probably not, right? And maybe something not so dramatic as that. Yet, might your eyes tear and might you sense that your heart kind of breaks open a bit. And might you feel that a new sense of self is, is emerging for you with a, a clear purpose to make things better. Might you hear a voice loudly now that was earlier on only faint calling you to follow Christ Jesus and to let love lead in your life. Something like this, I am sure, would be your experience. When you offer yourself to the God of love, in gratitude, through service, for the neighbor's betterment. It happened for Zacchaeus. It happened for Francis Perkins. It happened for so many others. It can happen for you, too. Amen. You are invited to share of your financial 
resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on the screen to help support the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation. You can do that through uh, clicking on our website where there's a, a mark for uh, giving, a tab, a link for connecting to where you can give through the website. You can, you can do that by sending a check down the church, 1049 South Westlake Boulevard, Westlake Village. You know what? If you wear a mask, you can even walk it in. We'll be glad to receive whatever kind of gift you might be willing to share with the good folk that make up the, the people called Methodists in this place. Your generosity is needed to help us keep going, keep us doing the good that we do. So, so give generously and be a part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village. Lord be with you. 
Lift up your hearts and let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of the heavens and the earth. And so with your people on earth and the whole company of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn saying, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, he gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, and again he offered you thanks, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice, in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in, in final victory and we are united with him at the feast of his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Satisfy the hungry heart with gift of finest wheat. Come, give to us, O saving Lord, the bread of life to eat. As when the shepherd calls his sheep, they 
satisfy the hungry heart with gift of finest wheat. Come give to us, O saving Lord, the bread of life to eat. You'll give yourself to us, O Lord, then selfless let us be. charity you satisfy the hungry heart with gift of finest wheat come give to us O saving Lord the bread of life to eat We hope this service has been a blessing to you. We're thankful to all our tech people who are helping to make this service happen so we can uh, be present uh, with you and to Tracy and Jenny for their musical work to bolster and empower this service for you. Now, if we are well-to-do, have more resources than required to supply our necessity, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to make a significant difference in other people's lives when we open ourselves to Christ and let His gracious Spirit lead us. You're invited to follow the leads of Zacchaeus and Francis Perkins and let Christ make a difference through you. Be safe, stay healthy. Know that you are loved. Amen. Shalom to you now. Shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you.